Welcome to the podcast. This is Hotel Stories, and my guest today is Sam Tucker. Sam has an amazing job as the Director of Sales and Marketing at the beautiful and historical Adolphus Hotel in Dallas. And um, we're going to talk to him today about how he got to where he is, and we'll cover 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 some good stories too about how he um, so how he got there on the uh, along the way. So um, welcome, Sam. Thank you. It's ha- I'm happy to be here. This is so exciting. Yeah. Well, um, anyone who knows you is excited that you're here too because you're such a good storyteller and you have well, good stories. All of what you will hear today are real life stories. Um, and they don't even need embellishing because, I mean, Tracy, you were there for many of them. So <laughs> we might be walking down memory lane, but then there are some that you weren't there for that you've probably heard me tell. Um, it's just the best industry in the world. I don't even know if there's a better one. I don't even know if Hollywood can compete with us because we're open 24 hours and we see everything and it's just nonstop entertainment. It, you know, you're so right. And it's, it's so interesting how people will go to a hotel and forget who they are. It's a real escape. And we could yeah. see that. Like nobody needs to see you in your underwear in a robe in the lobby at wine hour, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to okay. That. Yeah. So um, before we get there, you know, you do have a big job. And so um, I want to ask you a few questions about how you got there. And um, yeah. you have an interesting background because in addition to working in sales, you also worked operations, with, which I love and think um, it, it just gives you a keen eye and um, you're such an asset. So um, so first I wanna um, ask you, okay, so what were you like as a kid? Oh my God, well, I'm an only child. And so um, I have vivid memories of being very um, opposed to the idea of sitting at the children's table because I was, I grew up around adults all the time. And so when it came time for the children's table and I'm like 11, I'm like, I don't really think I belong there. I have a lot to say about Reagan Bush, 84, the election. And (laughs) I have a lot to contribute to the adult table and I use sharp knives. Okay. So my parents were like really um, very intellectual people. My mom is an English professor. My dad's a banker. So it was very serious. Um, and so I learned along the way to really be lighthearted and entertain myself. Like I had, um, my dad and I made up imaginary characters that we still talk about, just and kind of screw with people. Um, one of them was named uh, Little Timmy Taylor, and he was always getting into bad, bad stuff. And then um, Ms. Inez Pertle. They're imaginary, but like my dad, dad will still kind of get a laugh. Um, so it was a really fun household. We laughed all the time. Um, we, um, we still do, you know, on both sides of my family, but I, I learned to, um, be an extrovert from my dad because he is a, he was a bank president. So anywhere we would go out to dinner, my dad would go work the room and see people that he knew, um, and introduce me and introduce my mother. And then like an hour later, we would sit down for dinner. So I learned to sort of be an extrovert and I guess hospitality from my dad. Um, and uh, he's still that way. Anywhere we go, it's like 30 minutes later, we sit down for dinner. So I've always loved people and I've always um, loved to make people laugh. And I've always, as early as I can remember, been had that sort of like that hospitality thing that only us hospitality folks understand, Liking, like to make people happy. Uh-huh. So, I think that was sort of a given that I would end up in the hotel business. It was very 
haphazard that I got here. You know? Do you think that's um, what made you a leader or what gave you the qualities of a leader is, you know, being at the adult table and kind of earning your spot there? Right. Well, I don't know if I really earned it, but I thought I did. I was maybe a little bit entitled of an only child, but, you know, I was really, um, I was, I've always been, I've always craved to know about history and um, current events, which are two very different things, but they tie in together. Um, and I really love, I always loved going to historic places and hotels and exciting places to see um, all of the stories that they had to offer. So I think leadership came from watching my dad, um, you know, be a, a leader in the banking business and meeting so many important people along the way. And of course, my mother was a very type A English professor, and she taught me how to act right and talk right and, you know, hold my head up and go to Cotillion Club and all those things. So I was really blessed with parents that, that taught me what it mean, meant to be a leader. And did you, uh, did you, grow up traveling? Did you go to a lot of hotels when you were a kid? I did. I did. I loved hotels. In fact, I would, I would sometimes get in trouble, like sneak off, you know, not when I was like four, I was not like hitting the ballroom at four, but I would sneak off, you know, um, you know, between like 10 and 14, we'd go on family trips and I would explore the hotels and kind of like want to go watch the people. Um, it's always been a fascination for me, especially historic hotels, which probably speaks to why I'm in one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've always had a um, a draw to historic hotels. Yeah, the for history, sure. even if you weren't working there, the history of the hotel. Yeah. Okay, so what was your first hotel job? You know, I um, was working in retail as a college student at the um, at the Waco Fashion Mall in Waco, <laughs> Texas, obviously, and I worked obviously with, obviously the Richland Fashion Mall and. Um, I worked with this um, real sketchy queen named Paul, and um, and he was not really happy that I was invading his polo department. So I had to kind of make friends with him. Long story short, like I, I just I wasn't built for retail. I thought I wanted to go into a job and be like a retail buyer and live this glamorous life and go like to fashion shows. And I mean, like I'm thinking that working at the Waco Richland Fashion Mall. <laughs> So um, my you got to start somewhere, right? And I was I was at like bitching at one of my um, one of my college roommates. Like I really hate this job. These people hate me. I'm just a college kid trying to sell polo, and they were like, "You should you should go work in a hotel. Um, that seems like that would be a really good fit for you." My friend April Didrickson, um, who is also in hospitality now, she recommended that. She said, "Why don't you go apply at the Hilton?" And the, the Waco Hilton was like the place back then, and it still is. Uh -huh. and I applied to be at the front desk and I got the job and I've never left the hotel business since then. That was 1992. Oh, wow. How old were you? I was 20 years job. old, almost 21 years old. Yeah. And you were so, working front desk. Yeah. And I didn't know, I was like, you know, it's going to like, it's going to pay for me to like have some drinking money, you know, put some gas in the car. I wasn't looking to be like the next Conrad Hilton, but I quickly learned how fascinating it is because it's like every day I would work, there'd be a different group of people in and occasionally you would just get like a really crazy story. Um, so I really loved it from the, from the start. So front desk and then where'd you go? Well, I did an internship with the sales office there. I managed to like finagle away to get some college credit hours by um, working as a sales intern. And you know, my job consisted of answering the phone, 
And that was back when we had like the little notepad with the carbon copy that said, Judy has called for you. Yes. And like cut it off and you put it like pin it to the desk of the director of sales. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then she would come back out and be like, why didn't you put what the call was about? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I learned to kind of do the administrative stuff. And then the, um, uh, the day came where I needed to, you know, move on. And I, you know, got out of school and I, I was like, well, I guess I should try to get a hotel job while I figure out what I want to do with my life. Like so many college kids who have a four year degree, they're like, what do I do now? I go back to school. And I, um, I, uh, found a job as a, an assistant front office manager at the Melrose Hotel in Oakland in Dallas. And um, I knew about Oakland, but I didn't really know that, I mean, I knew about the Melrose, but I didn't really know about Oakland, that it was like a complete clown show all the time down there. And um, the guy that ended up being my boss and one of my mentors was this um, really over the top rooms division guy. And he had like this big, you know, whipped up red hair and wore gold jewelry and smoked all the time. And he was mesmerizing. <laughs> and um, he would, he called me child, child, where is the do out list? And, um, <laughs> I, and I still keep in touch with him. He's one of my favorite people. He was just a character, right? And I was just obsessed with Gary. Um, and he was like, in order to work at this hotel and be a front office manager, you must go through four weeks of night audit and then we'll see if you want to work here. And I was like, okay, is that a challenge? Because I can do that. And I did uh, my first night, like I got there and it was very different um, kind of like start because I was supposed to be, you know, the PM front office manager. And I was doing this like, you know, hard sentence of four weeks of night audit. And I got there and the girl that greeted me that was the night auditor there was named Jacqueline, but she preferred uh, her nickname was Jiggles, and um, <laughs> Jiggles was really tough. So she she thought she was going to run me off. It was like a game. And then, like, I won her confidence because um, she would sneak off, like, every night after the reports were run, and she would put me on this task. Like, you, you had to break out the tax and everything manually from all the banquet tickets and, like, do all this manual work by this, this printer was running like all the time, like this big dot matrix printer. <laughs> and she would say, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. And then like two hours later, she would come back totally stoned. <laughs> and so one, I was like, Jiggles, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. That does not smell like a Benson and Hedges. You smell like weed. So um, let's just get one thing clear here. You and I, we're going to be friends here because I've got something on you and you don't think I can do the job. So let's just get together and get her done three more weeks of this. And then I'll be out of your hair. <laughs> and that was back when people smoked in the offices. So like, oh, yes. So she would come back and she was totally loaded and she just fire up a cigarette in the back office and I would finish my night audit. And by, you know, 7am, when the sun starts coming up and the 7 a.m. crew comes in, I would leave. It was a really cool experience, though, because I have a lot of respect for night audit. Um, yeah, I never knew you did night audit. That That is a cool experience, especially yeah. at the hotel. I bet it was lively at night. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, she told me, she's like, look, there's a lot of weird stuff happens after midnight at the Melrose. And so we had, you know, really strange people come in. Um, it just, yeah, it's a very colorful neighborhood. I'll never forget it. I'm really grateful that I did it. So who, who had more interesting guests, the Waco Hilton or the Melrose? 
I mean, come on, the Melrose. Like the Melrose? The wishes, Look right? who's going to the Waco Hilton for a meeting. Well, there would be, I mean, like, the most interesting person I met there was Tommy Toon. And, like, there, I'm, like, the only gay kid. And I'm like, oh, my God, Tommy Toon's coming. And everyone's like, Who's the hell, who the hell is that? But um, he was there for some fundraiser and, you know, um, yeah, that guy. But the Melrose was just completely crazy. I mean, there were, that was back when um, Jerry Jones and um, Barry, what are the, the, the first cowboy football coach from Oklahoma, they would always come in. screaming it out right now. I have no clue. Barry. Well, that guy, one of the, one of the Cowboys coaches, um, and he would, um, they would come in and like get too drunk at the bar and there were all these, you know, girls that, that worked for them. And I'm like, come on. Um, and lots of like really uh, outrageous drag queens. Like I always love to work on the weekends because it turned into a different kind of, it was like a party hotel. I mean, it's like, you know, people are coming there for, you know, to go hang out at the gay bars. And so it was just like ridiculous. It was great. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. I like that energy. That's part of the reason why I love hotels too, is because you just never know what you're going to walk into. And the energy is always just, ex- the hotels I've worked in has been exciting and fun. And yeah. Well, like, and you know, you read the MOD report, like the best part is coming in at 7am for a shift for a seven to three shift. And you read the MOD report and like, it's like found a, uh, found a lady's high heel in uh, the banquet kitchen. And then 10 feet later found a wig and then 10 feet later found the person they belonged to and woke her up and called the ambulance. Ambulance arrived. Like it's real matter of fact. And I'm just like, listen to this shit. Like this is the hotel business. Like this is stuff you don't get to see. I used to rush in to uh, Zaza to read the um, overnight report. And then, then they started making it private. I mean, I was the director of sales and marketing and I wasn't allowed to read it. Yeah. Well, didn't you have that? Didn't you? Wasn't there a guy named Jesus? So it would say like Jesus said he found a person. Lying. Yeah, I was reading the overnight report, and um, we had a, a man that worked um, as security, and his name was Jesus. But the way that it read the report, it was like the woman was screaming for Jesus to get out of her room. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Like, it, was yeah. it was a good overnight report. Yeah, I. I love those people so much. I still keep in touch with a lot of those people, not the people that were found in the banquet closet, but I still keep in touch with people from the Melrose. And, um, you know, my, um, that hotel ended up, um, the ownership went into bankruptcy. So like one day we were owned by the bank and all these bankers were there. And, um, my, my rooms division director, that was my mentor at the time that I had, you know, really grown to admire, um, left and took a job as the GM of the Radisson. And uh, he said, I will save a seat for you guys. There were a few of us that were there and um, we were kind of panicked because these bankers were not fun, right? And that happens sometimes in our business, but he did save a seat. Like my first sales manager job was with him um, at that crazy Radisson. Um, And uh, a lot of us went over there and it 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 was interesting. So, so was your, your job with sales over there? Yeah, I was a sales manager and um, I still have some friends from, uh, from then. I worked with uh, Crystal Rodriguez, who I see and talk to a lot. She, she and I, it was our first sales job and she's with Rosewood now. She's a, a corporate director of revenue. And 
sometimes we have lunch at the mansion and we're like, oh my God, can you believe the things that we saw and did at the Ratty? We called it the Radisson because it was such a hot mess. I mean, it had this weird pool where you could be inside swimming around and then like swim through a tunnel and you were outside. Very 70s. And that sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, um, we found our, like, um, we went through three directors of sales there and like we found one of them under the desk, like after a party, like we came back and we were going to get our keys and like leave from the parking lot. And our director was passed out under the desk. <laughs> Just a weird time. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you went from front office manager to a sales manager, did you get training or were they like, Hey, you're pretty good. And here's Delphi. And absolutely not. I mean, it was like, based on strictly based on Gary's uh, recommendation like he needed team members and he had worked with us for you know a year at the Melrose and he's like I can pull these people over I've groomed them um, so like eight of us went over and really we were just there working for Gary we didn't you know know what we were doing um, but I learned Delphi um, and I um, we had a um, I don't know if you remember this, but we had, um, like, if we wanted to block space, we had to go over to the catering office, and there was this mean woman named Marilyn that looks like, I think she's dead. I hope, oh. I hope she doesn't hear this. Anyway, I, I got to be friends with her, but she would look kind of like Tales from the Crypt, and she had this big black wig, and she smoked a lot, and she was, she was fascinating. But Marilyn, you had to get through Marilyn to get to the catering diary to like block out space with the pencil. And oh yeah, like, you had to write it in in the big. You had to book. write it in. Yeah, it was real primitive. Um, and I remember that. Um, so like, I had to, I had to like really you know lay it on thick for Maryland and make. <laughs> friends with um, that was how I learned sales with uh, Tales from the Crypt <laughs> and my drunk TOS underneath her desk. <laughs> we really just winged it like I mean like Crystal and I were there and we were like well I guess you know, we'll go out on sales calls and so we would go pick up like you know a couple dozen cookies and go out to these office buildings and get kicked out half the time and then come back and write our little call reports and you know it's kind of like how we learned to do it we just stuck together. Yes, I remember those. I worked um, the Smurf market and so I would go from church to church which was super easy to do in Dallas because they're like a McDonald's everywhere. <clears throat> and I remember the group salespeople going out to office buildings and having to go, you know, they would be assigned a building and you just go floor to floor. And yeah. one day this guy was like, you don't sell a luxury hotel. Like you sell a vacuum cleaner. This is ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. You know, yeah. knocking on soliciting, knocking on people's doors. But yeah. Like, we thought that like having a dozen cookies was going to get us into like these buildings and I remember like sometimes we would get in and we would like con our way past the security guy and um, we would get up to the office and there was like this, this, you know, nervous energy as we're walking up to the door because you would see like this mean looking assistant and we're like, well, we're going to get thrown out, but we might as well try it. And sometimes we wouldn't get thrown out and, you know, they would listen to us, but like we're over there selling like that hotel was like selling a, quick car lube and tune. I mean, it was not luxury at all. It was like, yeah, you know the one that had the fire and the black mold problem? That one. Yeah. You guys have any out-of-town guests? <laughs> yeah, there was a murder there, but that was a year ago. It's fine. It's new. It's under new management. 
Um, oh my gosh. We had a guy uh, that, well, I worked at this airport hotel. We did free shuttle service to and from the airport and uh, the van would break down all the time. And one time we got a call from a client who said, I was just driving to go get lunch and I saw your van um, and the guy had a sign up that said, need gas. <laughs> the driver instead of... I don't know. I mean, maybe he'd been in trouble for a lot. Maybe he didn't want people to know that he'd run out of gas. Maybe it was like the third time or something, but he had a sign that he'd written at a cardboard. It was standing on the side of the road with a van. That could be like a really good side gig, like side racket, you know, like not really out of gas, but just make a little buck money on the side there in my airport hotel van. Need hotel guest rooms that I'm going to start doing sales like that. And you know, the funny thing is when we would do those, I, I never really got any business. That no, way. but I made some friends with those people that were that the assistants were always really fun, but yeah, terrible way to make money. Listen, cold calling is not for the faint of heart. It's, it's not, I have a lot of respect for people. Like I'm really suspicious of sales managers. When I say like in an interview, like what's your, you know, where do you, where do you really, what's your forte? Where do you really come alive in this job? And they go, Oh, I love to cold call. I'm like, really? Let's be honest here. Who <laughs> loves to get hung up on you, what you love is leaving at 5 p.m. and not having to clean rooms, but I don't really say that. But. <laughs> okay, speaking of interviews, <laughs> I, we got to talk about the first time I met you. Because... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I was we working met at... at... I'm working at now. What's that? We met at the Adolphus, where yes. I'm sitting right now. We did. We did. We met in the lobby of the Adolphus. It looked a lot different then, too. Um <laughs> And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was opening a, ho a boutique hotel and we needed a completely, um, full sales team. And I had one sales manager that I brought along with me from the old hotel. And then I promised the hotel I would not take any other sales managers. So I had to find a whole new team and <clears throat> it was interview after interview. It was getting really boring. And then you walked in and oh my, my life turned around for the better. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording this. <laughs> this is good. We need to put this out there into the universe. Yes. So uh, we're sitting in the Adolphus uh, lobby and it's all for it. Back then it was like very, very, very intimidating, form. very formal. Yeah. Very intimidating. And, um, and you tell your side of the story because I have my side. Well, we, they have to match up or people won't believe us. So I think they do. But I remember being very intimidated by the Adolphus. I mean, I've been there. I've been to the Adolphus as a kid. And, but like, um, you know, you were there like in a suit looking very corporate, very chic, underneath like this Flemish tapestry and some palm trees. Like, so <laughs> I don't know if you realize how intimidating that was, but um, I was like, I got to figure out a way to break the ice. Um, you noticed like, my nails were chipped. That's true. That's true. You were but, like, oh, and then you thought I caught you looking at my nails being all chipped and raggedy. I just remember thinking like, she's going to ask me something interesting about myself and I feel like I'm going to blurt something out. And I think I did. You're like, well, tell yeah. me something about you. And I'm like, I just had a hair transplant. <laughs> and I was watching an infomercial and I was just like, totally lost in the Bosley hair commercial and decided to do it. And I did it. <laughs> part, of, part of me was like, I, I should probably say this. Cause like, what if she notices the scar on my head, but maybe she won't. I'm just going to tell her that's the interesting fact. And so you were like, um, uh, um, okay. So, wow. Hmm. 
I've never known anybody who did that. So you're serious. And I'm like, yeah, like two months ago. And you're like, I do boyfriend. remember saying, wait, you're serious, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, my boyfriend needs one. I mean, I don't want to tell him that, but he needs one. Which is no, your- not current. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> so I think the rest. Of the, I think the rest of the interview was just fun. I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, we we hire people that we connect with, and I'm just glad I connected with you because we've um, known each other that long. I was too, and um, and I like I love working with people that I wake up every morning and go, I can't wait to see that person today. And likewise, um, yeah. And so I, I you were hired immediately, and then um, and then we actually moved hotels. So um. But we had a blast. That was such a fun group. And I remember um, we had like uh, water gun fights in the office and- um, Oh my God, there's so much stuff. Like, yeah, um, I was thinking about some some of the characters. Like we had, um, do you remember, um, there was a certain person that we named um, Demanda, Demanda Drinkins. And, <laughs> and I love I love her so much, like she, was always having a good time and always saying to the front desk, like after she would come back from a bar, she'd be like, I need a room just to kind of sleep for a little bit. And one time her ear, <laughs> she tore her earring off and ripped out of her ear and we gave her a room. And like the next morning, Mardonia went to clean the room and Demanda Drinkins was passed out in the room with blood all over the sheets. And Mardonia thought she had died. <laughs> Mardonia's, Martonia's like, there's a bloody lady in the room, and what do I do? And we're like, oh, it's Amanda. She was at Vickery last night. She's a little, she, she oh. had a little too much to drink. Oh, my God. You know, that reminds me, one of the housekeepers, so my office was right next to, it. the wall of my office shared a wall with the men's public restroom. And, yeah. <clears throat> and I heard screaming from a woman one time in there. Do you remember this? And I... I went running in there immediately and um, the uh, housekeeper was um, cleaning the light fixture and um, (laughs) yeah, she got electrocuted and they thought she died. (laughs) That was also Mardonia. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. And the engineer came running in and he's like, I didn't do it. I didn't kill her. I didn't do it. And he's like freaking out. I was like, can we worry about the woman on the floor right now? Like, yeah. we can worry about your culpability on this later. <clears throat> yeah. Her off the floor. I remember that guy, Slow Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember you would find like things wrong with the hotel that needed to be fixed. And, and I just remember you going to the GM and saying, um, so I went ahead and uh, buried a cactus plant right next to something that needs to be cleaned. See if you can find it. You would like yeah. have like a little game with uh, operations. Yeah, and we would go like, they would inspect the rooms and I'd be like, I bet I can find something. And I mean, nine times out of 10, I would go lift furniture up, which I still do, and find like rolling papers and uh, like a hair clip and like, I don't know, a child's toy. Like, how did these three things get under a chair and you missed it? Like, this is drug paraphernalia. Hello. But, you know, that's the way hotels are. You just have to, there's always crazy people going in it. I was thinking about all the entertainment guests that we had over the years and like how crazy it would get. Like, do you remember when, uh, were you there when, um, when we threw Nicki Minaj out? No, tell me that. 
Yeah, I mean, we had such we had we had great entertainment guests there. We had Patty LaBelle, which was one of the nicest people that we've ever met. She does never she never flies, so she arrives in like this swarm of buses, full in full Patty LaBelle drag, like two o'clock in the afternoon. She's dressed in like ostrich feathers and a three foot tall wig, <laughs> and we weren't ready for her arrival, so we were panicked and we got we got like some apartments next door ready at the tower, the residence tower and. She just sat in the lobby and like reapplied lipstick and kissed her um, her publicity shot and signed them and handed them out to our staff. So cool. But then we would that have That is so like, nice. Yeah, it's, it's always the ones that you think are gonna be like really difficult that are the nicest. And then like the one like, remember we had Jamie Presley that show My Name is Earl? Oh, I do. And I she do. got so drunk, she ended up laying in the hallway next to the doorway of another celebrity named Diana Krall. Yes. And Elvis Costello, and there was like a fight. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, she was asleep outside. Yeah. She was asleep. Outside the room. Yeah, I remember um, Kid Rock uh, stayed at one of the hotels, and he could not have been nicer. He, he had this custom car, and he stood outside and let people take pictures of it and just talk to people and just was ready to be part of a moment and thought yeah. the moment was really cool, too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had a we just had a um, a famous band um, here, and um, they were they were they were one of my favorites. I still love the music, but like um, I got a phone call in the middle of the night. Well, it was actually like two a.m. from one of the front desk people, and they were like, "Hey, this guest is demanding char grilled octopus. Um, we don't have it on our on our late night menu. What should we do?" And I'm like. I don't know where to find an octopus. It's 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. I don't know. Um, can she deal with a burger? And they were like, no, she wants octopus. So we sent the house car over to the Ritz-Carlton, and they made her some octopus. And we brought back the octopus. And the next morning, I saw her going down the elevator. And I just wanted to, like, push her down because she was so mean to our room service staff. I'm like, you're, you're from an 80s band. You're not even famous anymore. But you never know. Yeah, I noticed the people on their way up or the people on their way down seem to be, um, have more to prove. And, you know, the people who had like a solid ranking in the world just couldn't be nicer. Yeah, like, I'll never forget being at the front desk and having the, the, the guys from Motley Crue um, ask me where a yoga studio was and a gap. And I'm like, you have just blown my entire like identity. You just ask me where a gap is. You're supposed to like I don't know, be on narcotics and bite bats heads off. But. Speaking of biting bats heads off, I had to go escort uh Ozzy Osbourne down um when he was checking out and I, I just like the show, I couldn't understand a word he said to me. He's like, oh, blah, 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 and I was like, I yeah, sometimes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what you're you kinda go with it. <clears throat> Um, do you remember the, do you remember that, um, were you there when we had that wedding? We all, we had like really elaborate weddings and we had an Indian wedding that Donnie Brown put on and like he and Lisa, he and Lisa Dalton were like going back and forth because he wanted a pagoda in the ballroom. And, um, I went up to meet the groom and the, he's there like in this really elaborate Indian costume and his dog was in his hand, dressed in the same costume. No. And, yeah, and I was like, 
are you the wedding planner? And he's like, no, I'm the groom. And I'm like, well, does your wife know that you dress your dog up and that you're wearing more jewelry than her? And like Donnie Brown's there like in a full face of makeup at 10 a.m. in like a satin jacket and uh, smells like martinis. Like no. you can't make this stuff up. So they had that wedding there. And it was like, it was like this, these people own like um, yogurt stores. And I wanted to just tap the lady on the shoulder and be like, you are marrying a bigger diva than you. He dresses his dog up in the same outfit. I wonder where, the, where are they now? Well, probably at TCBY somewhere because they owned a bunch of TCBY. <laughs> I guess that's a moneymaker. Remember we used to do our TCBY runs in the afternoon? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that place is still there. Um, do you, um, you know who you should do? A, you should do one of these with Marisol. Marisol and I have gotten into a lot of trouble in this business together. Um, Remember I tried to interview Marisol? Yeah, and she faked a phone call. Yeah, she did. I called it. I'm not here. She's not here. Yeah, what'd she say? Marisol is doing tricks or something about. <laughs> she was turning tricks or something. And I was like, wait, what? And she thought it was you calling because it was the phone number for the hotel. So she thought it was you. So she was trying to play a joke on you. But it was me calling to interview her for a sales job. So when I call her back, she's like, no, no, this is Marisol. That was not me. That was not me. I'm like, Marisol, give it up. I know you. She's like, nope, not me, not me. <laughs> yeah. Remember 9-11? When 9-11, Marisol had lied and said she was sick and she flew out of town to go to the Latin Grammy Awards and then 9-11 happened and she couldn't get back. So she kept telling her boss, like, I'm really, really, really sick. So yeah. for like two weeks, she was trapped in LA. And finally, she's like, I was at the Latin Grammys. I did not have the flu. I'm sorry. Hey, I respect a director that would be like, you have tickets to the Latin Grammys, go. Like, right. <clears throat> Marisol yeah. and I played this when we would um, we worked together as sales managers and we we created this game called the what if I laugh like this game oh my god this is my favorite and we because we would get in these boring appointments these clients were like you know wanting to talk about menus and like I don't know boring stuff um, up lighting and I'm like we'll sitting in this. classroom or, cl or crescent rounds yeah and like debating uh, half moons over you know classroom and Marisol and I like really hit it off and so we created this game that we would play and like the idea of it was we're gonna go to this boring appointment and if I'm it I have to make up a laugh and my the object of me being it with my made-up laugh when we go to this appointment is um, I'm trying to crack Marisol up at the ridiculous laugh that I'm making when the clients say something funny and um, I was always the one when Marisol would make up her, when she was it and she would make up a laugh, I would just die laughing because she's such an idiot. She always made me laugh. Hers was the- What's her laugh? Well, hers was to let the air out of the tire. So like <laughs> the clients would say something funny and she would go. <laughs> <laughs> and so I finally made one up and we had this meeting with Yves Saint Laurent one time and these people were really, really serious. And I was like, I'm going to get Marisol. Cause I like, if you cracked up at the other person's laugh, you had to buy drinks or like lunch or something. And so mine, um, and you know, like I'm 235 pound grown ass man. And my laugh was um, like a, like a Plano housewife. And so I would go. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so like it really got I can't imagine doing that now like I'd be fired but like every time we would go to a joint appointment it was a new lap oh my god um, it's so funny yeah like oh. and, we, and the best part is like who knows what those clients thought of us like why did that guy laugh like that you there know? goes your career in fashion right 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 <laughs> <laughs> like it's really off-putting when a grown man in a suit starts laughing like that you are like as a client like is this real is this really happening so like after a while we were it morphed into like okay so they're on the plane going back to new york and one of them looks to the other one and is like could you like i was really strange that that guy laughed like that right and <laughs> Like the more legs we could put on that game, the better. And of course, at the same time, we were trying to sell, 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 but we were having fun. <laughs> well, um, we definitely had fun. I remember, um, well, I told a story last week about having to watch um, an adult film with um, our HR director. With Paris Hilton. Remember, she was a Paris Hilton lookalike. Oh, now that I'm thinking back on that, yeah, she was. Yeah, because she, she had the little dog and she would say, that's hot. And she worked at Trader Vic's. <laughs> yeah, and you had to watch adult films with Dorian and download the app. Oh, that was, and expensive. Um, yeah, like Shereen said, what do you put that under, travel and entertainment? Um, <laughs> yeah, I got paid back for it, so that was fine. Yeah, that was, that was a trip. Um, so <laughs> the other uh, funny story that happened, well... I have two. One is not funny. One is funny. We have to tell the story about my last day of work. And, um, and then also um, the uh, time that we, we had a murder at the hotel. Oh my God. Yeah, we do that. Um, yeah, we, there was some, yeah, there was some crazy stuff there. Your last day of work, we went to um, a furry convention, didn't we? We did. Yeah. So there are my old assistant, um, Melody, who, um, you know, lived out in the country and did not have time for it and like really like ran a, a tight ship and just, you know, said it like it was and um, a salty broad. And um, she was the conference services manager at um, one of the hotels out in Madison. And she's like, you're not gonna believe what I have to deal with this week. I've got this furry convention and I've got to detail these BEOs. And, um, and it happened to coincide with my last day of us working together. Oh my God. <laughs> Detailing so, BEOs. I totally forgotten about Melody. I, I, was, I was trying to figure out the other day, like, how did we get out there? But this makes sense now. Yeah, Melody. I mean, just the thought of Melody having to do this and like, yeah, was just funny to me. So yeah, we all, we packed up as a sales team and went out there for my going away lunch and, and browsed the furry convention. And the best part, uh, and I have pictures of it, is <clears throat> there was a guy, we were, we were in having lunch in this like foyer of the hotel and um, people dressed in all these various costumes are walking around. And there's a guy standing at the bar ordering a drink, <clears throat> dressed as a kitty cat, holding a kitty cat while watching TV. It was a presidential address, remember? It was a special report. And from, they around who was on? Yeah, they like crowded around the television and there was like a mouse and a cat and a dragon and a pterodactyl and they're like eating french fries watching the president. No, it was, it was Ann Coulter. I have a picture of Ann Coulter on TV with a guy dressed as a kitty cat holding yeah. a kitty cat <clears throat> and Ann Coulter. It was priceless. 
And then the guy with the unicorn costume on that was lifting up his unicorn head so he could put French fries in and then closing his unicorn head. Yeah. Well, you were like really fascinated with, um, well, we took Loretta, remember? Like Loretta had never been exposed to anything this bizarre. But in she was winter. like, and who? Winter. Oh yeah, that's right, winter went. I forgot, but we, um, we got really interested in this mouse character that had a really like luxurious wig. So it was like mouse ears and wig. And we were like, we have to talk to her. And that was a cool costume. Yeah, I still have pictures of that too. And um, there was like the amphitheater and that hotel was full of like all the characters that identified as birds or flying animals. <laughs> we all kind of took a separate route. We walked in and then yeah. we kind of split up and, and explored it on our own and then met up for lunch. It was like, yeah. Huh. And there were like breakouts, like how to clean your costume and like, uh -huh. uh, well, there was a red light, green light party at midnight <clears throat> where they would play games. Yeah, it's a big deal. I've learned a lot about all the different like little bizarre subcultures out there. Yeah, um, I'm not fetish shaming. It was interesting. It was a, it was like Lisa Ling, Our America. It was like a little, little snapshot of a movie. Do you, um, uh, have you ever heard of the Bronies? Because they came to town once and one of my sales managers at one of my hotels in Uptown, he had never heard of them. And they're people who, um, live the lifestyle and the principles of My Pretty Pony. What? And yeah, it's real. Google. Okay. Um, and that's going to be in your Google history now. But there's, yeah, all kinds of things in there, I'm sure. So the, um, the bronies are people that travel around and go to these big conventions and they dress up as their favorite mythical My Pretty Pony character. And like, I did not know that there were like 70 characters on that cartoon. And each one of them represents like a principle, like um, honesty or happy, 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 joy, joy, whatever. And so we were talking about it one time in the office and my sales manager was like, you're making this up. And so one of my greatest pranks to this day is getting the whole hotel, like the whole executive committee in on the prank of sending a fake lead to, to this guy um, and it was from the Bronies and it was for like summer business, like 50 rooms a night for five nights. And it had like $50,000 in food and beverage. And um, then he like, he went through the DVR process and, and he came to DVR and he's like, I've got this group. It's these people that dress up in my pretty pony costumes. And um, like the whole thing was hilarious. And we ended up um, going to Target and buying my pretty pony stationery. And like writing him notes and signing it like from the from the person in charge of the conference. Um, and so we got together like on the day the site tour was supposed to happen and we had somebody bring a My Pretty Pony with a little note pinned on it to the front desk that said, I'm sorry, we've chosen the Crescent. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy, the front desk walks down to the the staff meeting and there's like 40 people in the staff meeting and handed the pony to Anthony and the whole it's just erupted in laughter um he still talks about that we totally punked him he thought he was booking a my pretty pony conference real thanks okay you're the best at pranks remember when Rhett went to go work at the w and what'd you do to Rhett? oh yeah he did well Rhett's the Rhett. Rhett's so easy to prank um i got on catalogs.com and signed him up for like the really the sketchiest catalogs because remember his, um, 
his assistant over there was named like uh precious precious it was precious and so um and we knew people over there and we thought like how do we embarrass red and so i ordered like um uh church hats catalogs and like uh baby doll catalogs and um large women's undergarment catalogs i remember that one yeah well, there were like 30 catalogs that would go to him every day um at the at the w and our hope was that people would be like why is brett getting all these catalogs <laughs> like a year later <laughs> i also set up a fake garage sale on him that was fun too what did you do i set up a fake garage sale like we put this garage sale on craigslist no. and yeah, because we knew he was having a big party. We put, a, we put the garage sale on Craigslist um, and people started showing up at his house. Like, all you have to do is write, like, um, baby toys, electronics, and clothing <laughs> and in Spanish. And then, like, people show up at your house at 6.15 and start ringing your doorbell. Oh, yeah. It's a priceless trick. Really good Oh, trick. oh that's cruel. Um. I remember uh, he was, um, we had our national sales meeting and he was, <laughs> he was trying to leave his voicemail before he went out of town for the national sales meeting and you guys shared a wall and every time he was recording, you kept messing with him and messing with him. And so. And he left it. Yeah. He saved it and he's like, okay, I'm going to go back and record it later. But for the week he was gone, his voicemail sounded a little like this. Hi, you've reached the voicemail for Rhett Taylor. God damn it. And then it yeah. hung up and that was his voicemail. <laughs> yeah, it was great for a week. One week. <laughs> One week. He was, oh. We had a really good team there. Um, do you remember um, when Loretta rescued a dog on the street? How or was it, it bit me on the face. It bit you on the nose. <laughs> yes. I was like, hey, Loretta, do you want any ice cream from TCBY? We're going to go get ice cream. And she was on a call, and so I'm mouthing it. The dog jumps up. It looked like Benji. It was the cutest dog. It jumped up and bit me in the nose. It bit you on the nose. And then we had to see it, and then we had to, we were like, does it have rabies? And um, yeah. Do you, were you there when we had um, the show, Blythe's show? Of course. Yeah. That was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. I remember they crisis. locked us all out. Yeah. Crisis PR had to come down. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was fun. Um, so, um, okay. So uh, you, speaking of, you're really good at pranks and you're really good at being a sleuth because when we did have that um, murder happen. Um, oh yeah. Back to the murder. You super sleuthed the guy. Yeah, remember we, um, yeah, we, that we, well, first of all, let's start with, it's really sad that there was anybody that died in the building. She was 18. She was 18. I was coming up the elevator and John Gibson um, was leaving. And I was like, John, why is the crime scene here and all the police here? And he just sort of casually walked by me and was like, I think there was a murder. Somebody died. Have a good day. And so when I get into the office, we found out that somebody had died in a suite. And my first thought was like, is the body still in there? And second thought, we've got to call a priest because none of the housekeepers will go on that floor ever again. But somebody and did go on that floor because 
the police said <clears throat> they tried to get fingerprints, but there were so many hotel employees that went in the room and were. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there were so many hotel employees' fingerprints all over everything that they couldn't get a good fingerprint um, because we were trying to be amateur. I did not go in there. I I cannot handle that kind of stuff. Well, we did put like a whole crime detective thing together. Like Loretta and I were like, okay, so we've been on his Facebook. He doesn't have a LinkedIn. We've also noticed that in this room, there was a handicapped stall. There's no way anyone could have hung themselves on the stall because it would have ripped the bar out. Like we had this whole crime drama. You guys cracked the crime before the police cracked the crime. We did. And then he went to the other hotel that we had. I can't believe they moved him. They're like, well, he can't check back into the, his room, so let's put him at our sister hotel. Yeah, and then remember, like, he, after he checked out there, he called back, like, and was like, I left something in the safe. I have to come back right now. And they got really suspicious, so the GM over there opened the safe, and it was like $5,000 worth of cocaine. Oh, God. You don't remember that? And then, I don't like, remember that. Oh, yeah, and then, like, I don't know where that cocaine went, but I don't think it went to the police. I don't think it did. Wait, now I remember you did say that um, when the police came to pick it up, there was a lot missing. <laughs> yeah, there was like a thumbnail and they were like, wait a minute, didn't you say $5,000? And they're like, yep, that's what we said. <laughs> it was gone. Hotels. God yeah. love them. You weren't, we, we also had the opening of the presidential library there and that was my client. And so... When that opened, I remember like um, all of those political families and all of the VIPs that were there. Like I remember standing out on the driveway and watching Linda Bird Johnson like cross over through the landscaping and start walking down the access road. And I had to go like fetch her. Like, hey, you can't walk down the access road. Can you uh. can you come back? Like really bizarre stuff. Yeah, I remember um, that hotel when it opened, um, we hadn't quite figured out all the valet stuff yet. And so they, the valet just had, wasn't sh like the, like the markings of where you're supposed to park the car and then put the key, all that didn't get situated. So there were cars missing and people couldn't find their cars. And um, Becky Oliver was like, Becky Oliver. <laughs> was like in a corner waiting hours for her car yeah like at the fireplace she was the one that used to jump out from behind a bush and be like sir did you know that you just parked in a handicap like she was the fox news undercover detective she was the on the scene <sighs> reporter of like yeah, yeah like busting it up busting small crimes and we lost her car lost we lost it. her car yeah yeah remember <laughs> remember um Rhett's hotel lost that Hummer and he's like, oh my God, my hotel lost this Hummer. And we're like, that's like, David Blaine can't even lose a Hummer. Like, how did you lose a Hummer? Yeah. I remember that one of the things, um, speaking of Rhett, like we used to sell against that hotel and um, I found an article that I used to like cut the hyperlink out of the Dallas Morning News and like send it to clients that were considering that hotel. <laughs> and it was an article about a Winnebago full of weed from Grass Valley, California being busted. Like they found 30 pounds of weed and a Winnebago in their driveway. And I'm like, I would send this to clients and be like, I don't think you want to stay here, do you? Like, <laughs> how shady was that? It was so dirty. It was so dirty. dirty. It was dirty. <laughs> Bunch of hookers over there. 
Oh man, Winter and I were talking, um, there's a sales manager that we worked with who, um, she was doing some event, like let's say the, the theme of it was like a tea party or whatever. And so um, the competition decided to do a tea party theme as well that month and they did it a day before hers and she got real mad. So she grabbed a business card of one of her clients and went to the event and pretended to be the client so she could see what the competition was doing. Absolutely you would. That was so funny. Do you remember, we're, um, I, we did some really strange things for, for clients. I remember that um, Loretta wanted to stand out um, for uh, the American Heart Association um, meeting. There were like 30 sales managers and she, they had like four minutes to present. And so she was like, what do I do? And I'm like, you should rent an orange costume and go take a basket full of oranges to them and talk about health and wellness. And she did. She dressed up as an orange <laughs> and got a basket full of tangerines and took it and presented it to the American Heart Association. And I was like, Loretta, that's amazing. What did they do? And she's like, well, they looked a little shocked, but they'll never forget me. And <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Orange. Didn't you dress up as a suitcase? That was Winter and um, our other friend Deidre. They had the Southwest Airlines account and they, they killed it on that account. They would dress up all the time. And then um, I was the associate director of sales. And so they'd be like, come with us because we want to introduce you to the client. And um, you're going to be dressed as a turkey and, and I'm going to be a pilgrim and they're going to be an Indian or whatever. I'm like, I, I'm not dressing up as a turkey. Like, and hey, how did I get turkey? Like, <clears throat> so yeah, they would dress up at least once a week. They were always renting costumes. Do you, um, I, I found some pictures the other day, speaking of costumes, of um, Beth dressed uh, up as one of those toddlers and tiaras. Because <gasps> remember how quiet she was? And I'm like, Beth's not going to wear a costume. She, that's not her thing. And like, I get to work and Beth's sitting over there typing dressed as one of the children from toddlers and tiaras with the sash and everything. Like, I think she won the contest. She had to. That was a great co Halloween costume. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, do you remember this isn't hotel related other than the fact that you called and said, Hey, I'm going to be in late for work. Um, I'm having some car issues. And I said, what's going on? And you're like, well, and you proceeded to tell me this story about how you were racing some teenage kids. Yeah. My car, you know? my car caught on fire. <laughs> yeah. You know, I bought that Jaguar because I liked your Jaguar so much. And both those Jags ended up being big piles. I remember we found... Like, didn't you find yours, like, the suspension gave out, and it just, like, I don't know. That oh, it had, it was, that car was terrible. Um, yeah, but I remember you, you were racing those kids, and your car caught fire, and then it stopped working, and obviously, um, those kids zoomed past you, but you had to go drop your car off at the dealership. Bur you and I went to the same dealership. Burglary. There was a burglary in process. <laughs> yes, I will never forget that. That... Yeah, this sketchy dealership out on Northwest Highway, Overseas Motors. And remember how creepy that place was? It was and real creepy. Didn't the girl one time give you her personal car to drive around when your car was getting did. worked on? She did. I'm still Facebook friends with her. Isn't that weird? That's <laughs> really weird. Yeah, I think yeah. She, reads, she reads tarot cards now and, like, does appearances as a psychic. Like, if you're a psychic, you should have told me, like, this is what's going to happen to your car. But no. <laughs> We were her two best customers because every time we bring our cars in, it was eight thousand dollars. 
Always. Yeah. You, you pulled up. I remember because I was like, is this a true story? How can this be true? And then when I went to take my car in, I was like, Hey, my friend Sam was here. And they're like, Oh my God, did he tell you what happened? And I'm like, how does this stuff happen to you? Yeah. The guy, um, like I was with my friend Trevor who just moved here from Winnipeg, Canada. And he's like, I'll ride with you. And so we go out behind the tow truck and drop the car off and the alarm's going off. And the tow truck driver was like, man, I don't know what's happening in there, but I'm getting the hell out of here. And I was like, you left your car. I left my car, but then I went and sat in Trevor's car and he's like panicking, you know, thinking like he's moved to the wild west and um, the police show up and uh, we're still sitting there in like this Nissan Sentra, like slumped down in the seat. Cause I was waiting to see like if my car was going to be okay. And the tow truck driver just like, he just left. So there we were sitting in the parking lot. Didn't you already drop your keys in the like key drop overnight? Yeah. yeah. And there was my car sitting out there and there's a burglary in play. They shot the window out of the facility and they were inside stealing keys to loaner cars. <laughs> Did you say the guy that owns the place, it was like ho the holiday season. Cause he, sh he showed up drunk from his holiday party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, how am I going to tell Tracy this in the morning? This is not going to go over well. I remember thinking, uh, yeah, uh, so you're coming in late, you don't have a car, your car caught fire, and you dropped it off in the middle of a robbery. Is this all for real? It was all yeah. for real. And it, it was. was. All, it was all for real. Yeah, I always had car problems. Um, do you remember when Jason McCormick ran his car into a, a column downstairs? Uh, yeah, because I went to lunch with him right before yeah. that. I think you guys drank your lunch. because I think you did. Nobody came back, and we, we felt like an earthquake jolt. <laughs> <laughs> and like to this to this day Jason's still like yeah I don't know what happened it was something with the steering I'm like yeah it was something with the third mambo taxi you drank at lunch. <laughs> he will never admit to it <laughs> <laughs> oh god I love love hotels so um all right bringing it back full circle um so unfortunately we had to part ways I um I left, but I was so excited to see that you um, went from a sales manager to a director of sales. So I left and, and you moved up to a director of sales and marketing and have since done that for several different hotels. So that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, you paved the way for me. I'll always be grateful for you for that. And um, I, um, you know, you left me with a good team and um, it was really hard though, because the economy by then had turned uh, after you know, the financial crisis, but we, you know, we all had such a good time there and we all, you know, and we still, we still have reunions occasionally, you know, uh, some people from the Palomar came over recently and we had um, a little cocktail hour here at the hotel and sort of reminisced. So we keep in touch and I always drive by that place and think about all the crazy things that happened there and I'll always have fond memories. Oh, it was so fun. It was yeah. so fun. Yeah, and I feel like there's still practical jokes going on between everybody, even though everybody's at different hotels. Well, Billy De La Rosa is the one, Billy Streetzel, she's the one that um, she's conspired to, you know, top me and my practical jokes. And she's, she's good. I'm scared of her. Um, <laughs> that says a lot, because yeah, you're good. I'm scared of her. And she sends me threatening messages occasionally because... Um, we had this doll, like, I don't know if you remember that Beth forgot to give me a gift for Christmas because she had drawn my name. And so 
the story is that she was walking to her car that day and she saw a doll that was in a like a box like a kid's doll that said you need a baby um like u-n-e-e-d-e-a it was the name of the doll company and she <laughs> sort of like dusted it off and put it in a bag and that was my christmas gift <laughs> it was so bizarre and that became the office mascot and so um over the years the game has been to like um steal the baby doll and um Billy, after I left the Palomar, Billy came up to um, the Stonely where I was working and she conned the front desk agent into letting her into my office. And she got in my file cabinet drawer and she stole the doll and took it. And she, then she sent me a threatening message. So like the doll's hands are wrapped around a vodka bottle and it said, now who's your mama bitch? And... <laughs> And so I had to figure out a way to get it back. So I drove all the way out to Lisa's house um, for something and I found it there and I stole it again. Uh -uh. And yeah, currently, currently Billy still has it. Um, but it's like, we all keep in touch and like, you know, do stupid stuff like that, that reminds us of fun times. I guess you had oh. to be there. Well, this has been so fun. I'm so glad you came on. Uh yeah, did we did we talk about anything hotel? I guess we talked about hotel life, but that's the most interesting part. It is. It's, uh, I mean, there's a reason why we're all drawn to this. And I know if, if I ever had like a couple of weeks where nothing happened, I'd be like, mm, this is getting boring. And then poof, yeah. something fun would happen. And, you know, somebody would be drinking wine at the free wine hour and, you know, falling or down. Somebody was, remember when somebody tried to choke Elliot? Like... <laughs> Remember Elliot Broom? <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, that. That woman choked him and he like didn't miss a beat. Um, yeah. God, yeah, I he, love that man. Me too. He's a GM now at the at a hotel in Detroit. He went back into the business after 10 years of being out. Oh, I love him. I remember one time he he was the front office manager and I was, or he was like head of operations and um, I was the director of sales and he came in to talk to me about something and I was eating soup for lunch. And he was clipping his nails, <laughs> nail clipping trajectory over into my soup. I'm like, and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do you remember he was, he was so classy, but he used to eat those cookies, those expired cookies from the dollar store. No. Uh, but, oh yeah. He was really famous. He would go down to the dollar store and buy cookies that were expired and eat them. And you also put him on, like, he was my secret shopper that would call me. <laughs> and he would like he would go to a, like a room with like the script and be like, "Hello, this is Elliot Johnson, and I'm calling about a group <laughs> in August." And I was so cracked up because he would always change his voice, and I'm like, "Elliot, I can't. This is Elliot. I know it's Elliot. No, <laughs> this is this is not Elliot from the hotel. This is Elliot from Omaha." I'm like, "I can't, I can't," and you're like. You're like, listen, I really need you to do well on Shop Talk 2000, so you have to let Elliot do his thing. And I'm like, I can't. This is ridiculous. <laughs> he would change his voice. He's like, hello, this is Elliot from the Omaha State Company. And I'm like, no, it isn't. It says room 434. This is Elliot. <laughs> oh, my God, you sound like Rick just now when you did that. Well, I mean, that's the whole reason we had to do it. You were like, you have to work with me here because we have to pass shop talk. And I would either get like a 100 or a 30 because I would be like, 
my trainer is Elliot. You've got to get somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I'd ask different EC members to call the sales managers and do a fake sales call so they could practice their sales skills. Yeah, but mine was Elliot and he would talk like this. <laughs> that is such a stupid idea. Yeah, but I mean, it was funny. I mean, we all still made money though, right? The hotel We did. Money. We did great. The hotel did great. Yeah. Oh my God. What fun. Kimpton was such an awesome company. It was such a cool company to work for. Yeah, it was. I really feel like it set me up for success in the next, next phase of my career. And in going to a historic hotel after that and being the director of sales for four years and then coming here, um, it's like a stair step of experience that I wouldn't trade for the world. And all the fun stuff along the way is you know, just the added bonus. Um, if you can't have fun where you work, then why are you working where you work, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. And they embraced that. And the people that worked there were so fun and so interesting. And yeah, it was great. I love that. That company. I still play pranks. It's still, I mean, I have a big team now. I have like 24 people, but um, it took them a while to get used to me and like to get to know <laughs> me. But once I played a prank, they were like, okay, this guy's going to be fun. Um, okay, so what's your favorite salesperson qualities that you that you look for? I think that in the current hotel I'm at, it's really important for someone to be able to tell the story that this wonderful place is demanding that we tell. I mean, it's not just an airport hotel and, you know, no shade on them. Every hotel has a purpose, but you've worked at all of them. Yeah, this one has a century of history and it's got such a an amazing story. It's almost like a person and it's asking us to tell the story the right way for it, you know, to survive all these years. And so you have to have somebody that's really passionate about this place in particular. Um, and that means that people have to be sort of devoted to it a little bit longer than just a year. And um, I think that someone who, who really uses elevated language and you know everything from posture to passion, all of that really comes through in interviews. And um, I think another, another quality I look for um, it's really important on the backside is um, organization and um, and follow up. I mean, this is a, the industry we live in right now. Is you know you can be the best salesperson in the world, and, and a lot of people really like you, but if you don't have the tools to follow up, uh, you got to make the call to get the business. And uh, so, it takes a very special person, you know. And there's a lot of there's a lot of you know, you win a few and you lose a lot. So staying mm -hmm. motivated and staying passionate about where you work. Um, and I think also that you always want to have people on your team that if you're gone for a week on vacation, you know that they have their eyes dotted and T's crossed. You don't have to like babysit. Mm -hmm. And um, so at this level, I think we have a team here that really embodies that. I mean, this is not for rookies and I'm really honored to lead them. Sometimes I pinch myself, like I'll walk outside and I look at this building and I think about the fact that I'm, I'm a steward. I'm just a steward and I'm you know, maintaining the history and the story of this building in, in honor of the people that did it for 108 years before me. Mm -hmm. And I wanna pass it on better than I found it, so. And how fortunate, because you are working at a hotel that attracts the top talent. 
<clears throat> and you can because it's such yeah. a it's such a classy hotel and it's such a sought after hotel. So it's great. You're working with some of the best of the best. Yeah, it's an it's a real honor, and I have you to thank for that too. You really helped me set up for success. I consider you one of my mentors, and like Shireen said on her podcast, uh, you know we've we've been through it together, and you really taught me a lot. And I'm honored to still have you as a friend and a mentor. Um, and you know, God knows what the next twenty years will bring. I mean, who knows what'll happen? Well, and, and I've learned a lot from you. You know, one of the things that I learned from you that I think everyone could take is. Um, is making something interesting out of the mundane. So like your out of office, your voicemail, your um, response to online RFPs, you didn't just take the easy road of like, hi, you've reached the voicemail for Sam Tucker. You know, you would make it interesting, make it creative, and you never knew what you were gonna get. And so um, that really set you apart. Do you remember like one last story? Do you remember how we, won the business for the presidential library away from the Hilton. Um, I remember, tell me. We, so Ruth and I got together and we conspired. Uh, you know, Ruth is so sweet. She's so traditional. She was like, I don't know. I just saw her the other day. I was like, I don't, I think we should do this, Ruth. I think this will make them happy. And so we, um, we, made, a, we made a cake and we had a bulldozer going towards the Hilton and, um, and it said, we bulldozed the competition, like the bulldozer was knocking over the Hilton. And we took it up to the, we took it up to the, um, the presidential library office and they were like, oh my God, that's the most hilarious thing ever. And then we got the business. Yes, and I, you know what? I remember you guys brought them over and took them up to the, um, the, the uh, residential towers and we, it was, no, it was on the hotel property side and we had that presidential suite that they never, finished out, but you could see the um, construction site from there. And we were one of the only hotels that had this beautiful view of the presidential library. And I remember you guys taking them up there and doing this really beautiful presentation. Yeah. And she, she said that she was like, I remember when she had, um, she was pregnant, our client, and she was like, I, my husband doesn't know how to cook. I don't know how to cook. Um, I just wish we could make it simple. So we bought her a crock pot and a crock pot cookbook. And gave it to her and she, every time I run into her she was actually she actually came here because she's over a new organization um, and they did their national meeting with me here and she's like do you remember when you bought me a crock pot and a, and a cookbook and I was like yeah we didn't know how you were gonna take that she's like I it's the best gift any sales managers have been give, ever given me because she would just crock pot her meal every night um, and that made her life easier so. it's so creative it's it's being authentic listening to the person and and doing something that they'll find find memorable and and fun yeah people want to do business with people that they remember um that are not just cookie cutter and god knows none of us are that <laughs> you hope not actually i hope everybody is because then we can stand out and it makes our job easier but unfortunately the hotel industry is filled with a lot of really interesting creative funny people so yeah we gotta work can you imagine receiving a sales call from Shireen? Like, I would just be mesmerized with her hair. Like, Shireen on Facebook, like, she did a picture the other day, and it was all hair and eyes. It was just like, <laughs> the entire frame was hair and eyes. Like, You know, it's funny. So, Shireen and I uh, both had blonde, curly hair when we worked at the front desk together, and people were like, I just talked to you, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, 
I think you talked to Shireen and they're like, no, it was you. And I, like people got us mixed up all the time, which is so funny now because we really, you know, don't look that much alike, but um, God, I would give anything to have my hair that long again. So her hair is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember Jennifer, our assistant? And Yes, she had, she had beautiful hair too. She did, only it sat on a mannequin at the end of the night. Remember she, it did, it did. her wig? She would tuck the price tag up underneath her wig. And remember that one time when the cosmetic company was there and they were like, we need some models to come like, uh, get their makeup done. And she came back downstairs looking like RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Shireen told a story like this too. What is it? How do we, employees get like looped into getting our makeup redone? It's Mary Kay usually. Well, this was Mac and she looked like a drag queen. And she was, <laughs> she was horrified. She's like, should I go wash this off? I don't even know if my eyebrows will wash off. And I'm like, I think it's great. You should, you're, the rest of the day go like this. I think you should set up a date for tonight. Yeah. The girl next to me was selling, um, remember she started an eBay company at work? Remember she was selling um, all of the samples that the cosmetics companies would give her? On no. The side. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's what she does now. She runs a garage sale company and sells samples. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I hired her. I know. I remember you're like, great at that. Christy, why do you keep asking for boxes? And she's like, oh, I sell some things on the side. And she was running like her whole operation, eBay operation out of her catering queue. <laughs> I forgot about that. She was really good at it. Yeah. yeah. I love a side hustle. We had several people at that hotel for some reason had a side hustle, as you probably remember. One involved what? the FBI. Oh, the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're thinking about the same person. I think we are too. And I don't want to be murdered. So I'm going to just, we're going to pass on that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You should always pass on FBI conversations. Yes. Yes. I find this to be true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If you're a new sales manager out there, if you ever find yourself involved in an FBI conversation, you should leave. Yeah. If the FBI shows up and shows you a headshot and says, have you seen this person? I want you to say no, and then call that person and let them know um, you're no longer employed here and run. Correct, correct. And do not buy an iPad or a set of earrings that fell off that truck because then you were part of the FBI's ring. Or an LCD projector. Right, or a gold chain, or an American Girl doll, or some wheels <laughs> off a Cadillac. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you should definitely investigate what kind of good deals you can get from banquet personnel because it's out there. And moving on. So, um, <laughs> Sam, I adore you and I love... Oh, likewise. You've always been such a great storyteller. We've had many, many conversations and fun times over lunch um, just retelling hotel stories. And um, yeah. it's one of the things that I love about hotel people is... They typically are really great storytellers and they have such good stories to tell. So, um, that's the truth. It's been an honor to be on today. Thank you for being on uh, hotel stories podcast. And, um, this will come out next Tuesday. We're, um, it's Friday today. It'll come out next Tuesday. And then every Tuesday we have new episodes. So tune in and, um, thanks so much for being a part of the culture. Thank you, Tracy. It was a pleasure.